Accessing library computer data. Level 9 authorization required. Command codes verified. Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who also happen to have children on the autism spectrum. We talk about the new Star Trek Discovery TV series, as well as any autism issues we see along the way. I am your host, Elizabeth, and with me is my co-host, Vicki. Hey, this is Vicki. Together, we are Moms Going Boldly. Today we are talking about the first episode of Season 2, Brother. Welcome back. This is Moms Going Boldly, and we're really excited because we're starting Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. And this came a lot faster than we expected. Do you remember when they said that we weren't going to see the next season until the autumn of 2019? I I do remember, yeah. So this was a lot faster than we expected, which I, I think is a really good sign. A lot has happened there are some shorts that they put out sort of to get us ramped up for the the second season did you see any of those shorts no i heard about them and then where were they well you can see them now on the cbs channel so you just have to kind of hunt for them a little bit oh um and we can definitely talk about these in more detail um on another podcast I did actually sit down and watch them when I finally signed back up for the CBS access I watched them and they're interesting they're really interesting <laughs> so what, what do they call them uh, because they, I, I couldn't I, I think I looked there I'm gonna I'm gonna go right now I'm getting on online here and let's see what they they called them short treks Star Trek oh, short right. treks and there were four of them they were called um, The Brightest Star, Runaway, Calypso, and I'm not going to tell you anymore because I, I'd like to give you the chance to go see them and not not have me spoiler. And the fourth one was called The Escape Artist, and they're only about 15 minutes long. Well, the shortest one is okay. uh, 15 minutes, and the longest one is 18 minutes, and they're just little little vignettes, little stories, and I really I really like them, so I'll be very interested in seeing what you think um, after you've had a chance to okay. look for those. Yeah, I'll try to find them. Like, because, I, like I said, I heard about them. I thought, I looked on CBS All Access. I didn't find them, so I was like, and then I forgot about it. Right. <laughs> well, and they are, uh, well, I'm looking at the CBS Star Trek Discovery page right now. Of course, the first episode is the one we're going to talk about today, Brother the first episode of the second season and then below that they sh- they show these little short treks star trek short oh, treks okay. so, yeah interesting the other kind of uh exciting news that has been percolating online with regard to star trek is this idea of a new series with jean-luc picard yes that's just mind-blowing i'm very excited yeah <laughs> and what have you heard well, I haven't heard anything in a while, but, um, well, I did hear the other day it's a go, but I didn't really read into it. Um, 
but I don't know that it's, is it a full series or is it a mini series type kind of four episode, five episode kind of thing? That's a good question. I have not heard. And I will say that I actually have purposely not been reading a lot because I wanted to come into the second season of Discovery without any, you know, even unintentional spoilers that might be in the articles about the Picard series, so I don't know if that's um if it's a mini series or an actual full on series. I don't know either. I just saw something the other day and like like you said, I didn't read it. I saw the headline. I shared it, but I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that I've been seeing is some kind of potential spin off with Captain Giorgio. Have you seen that? Really? Yeah, like something about her oh. working for Section 31. Well, I saw that in the previews. Yes, but I also have seen some articles, so again, about having it be a spinoff that wouldn't start yeah. until after Discovery was over. Oh, okay. So, but I, again... Well, I did see Section 31 in the preview. Yes, so did I. Of this episode, so... Yeah. I guess that's a thing. She is going to be working for Section 31. Which we kind of knew because there was that little... Um, scene, deleted scene, that was made available shortly after the first season ended, so we knew that she got recruited. Right. So that will be, that will, that could be very interesting. Right. Well, that's made for her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So here we are. We're, we're ready to talk about season two, the first episode, and the first episode was called Brother. And I, 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 I was really looking forward to hearing what you thought of this episode, this new, you know, jaunt off into a different direction than what we had seen Discovery do the previous season. So what are your first... Oh, I liked it. Yeah? I did like it. Um, I was glad that they announced ahead of time that they did cast a Spock because if, I don't know if you remember, but last season I was convinced they weren't going to give us a Spock. Okay. And that he was going to be on an away mission or something when they um, they met up with um, Pike. And you were not so, wrong. He was away. <laughs> he was away. <laughs> but they did announce that they have cast a, cast a Spock, and we did see him in the preview. So yeah, I was glad that they we knew that ahead of time because I would have been angry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we weren't going to get a Spock. Yeah. Um, I liked the episode. I thought the exposition was way overboard. You mean at the very beginning? All of it. I All think, of it, okay. Um, Tilly, we know that Tilly's awkward. We know Tilly's Tilly. Yeah. But, and maybe I'm too far removed from the first season because I didn't go back and watch it all like I'd planned. But I think during the first season, Tilly grew. Yeah. And... It seemed like they made her just as awkward, if not more awkward, than she was at the beginning of the first series. And it got to the point where it was almost uncomfortable. Yes. It's like what happened to the, the confidence that she gained as Captain Killy in the Mirror exactly. Universe. Yes. And I know that they need to show us so we remember that Tilly's awkward, but I think they just went way too far with it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. There should have been... Also did... No, I just say, I agree. There should have been some growth did, evidence. Uh, did Burton have to tell Saru that he can see better than everybody else? 
he couldn't figure that out himself yeah yeah I, I yeah I see what you're saying about the exposition and kind of explaining to the audience where things are too much Saru could have said I can see better I let me use my you know my um better vision to see that or and we didn't need burden to tell Saru that he has better vision than the rest of the crew and maybe he can see yeah or even maybe have maybe say. had her call him over and then explain to Captain Pike, who may not know the skills of his crew, that his vision was I better, mean, and that would have been more in line with the circumstances that the story was being presented in. So let's talk a little bit about the story. I, in retrospect, after watching this, was thinking about how am I going to describe this story, and I realized that it's kind of muddy. The story. Right. You know, we leave the um, the very last moment of the last episode of the first season, seeing the Enterprise, and it's very exciting. And then mm -hmm. Captain Pike beams over with a science officer who's not Spock, and another officer who I am is that his first officer? You know, I don't I don't know if they have even said. Did they say? I don't recall an explanation of what this other officer's role was, but there's this, you know, additional person. Um I, and and they come over and they explain that there's been some uh uh Starfleet order that supersedes Saru's current mission and Captain Pike is now has to be the captain of Discovery because his ship is completely uh, inoperative due to the experience they had with some kind of red bursts all over the universe. Right. Okay. <laughs> so and, my question is, coming from Starfleet knows that they're coming from Captain Lorca, who betrayed them, who betrayed everybody. And they allow Captain Pike to board the ship and give them the news himself instead of having orders coming from Starfleet. Or the Admiral having a private conversation to reassure them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was awkward. And and I and I think you're exactly right. You kinda hit on it that it doesn't it doesn't pay respect to the fact that this crew's been, you know, potentially pretty damaged because one of the things that has, was made very clear in the first season was that these crews operate on loyalty and they operate on faith and trust with their superior officers and that was the whole theme of Burnham's sort of um, coming back into the fold was the fact that she showed loyalty to Starfleet and Starfleet principles and so now they're you know ask being asked to show loyalty again to a new captain with very little prep yeah I think you make a very good point with no prep and not going, not following protocol the way it should be done. Yeah. Beaming onto their ship saying, I'm taking over. Yeah. And they've had no order saying that. Right. I mean, I'm sure eventually somewhere along the way they've confirmed it and got orders, but still. Yeah. It would trigger a little PTSD, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that I would, tr I would trust some guy who beams over to my ship saying, I'm taking over. Yeah. Without any orders. Well, so. and, and in a way they didn't because, 
you know, shortly after he beams over, they require him to go through the DNA check to confirm that he's actually who he says he is. So there wasn't an immediate trust. There was, we, not, oh. we, need, to, we need to follow the rules here. So you're right. They, no, they, there wasn't. Yeah, they, they did. And then what did you think of that scene where he stands in front of the screen where all his honors are presented after he's been confirmed with his DNA? I, I guess that would be for, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of <laughs> odd that they did that. Well, and I really actually, one thing I liked about that scene was, you know, Tilly was very nervous when she was trying to get the DNA scan on Captain Pike and very awkward. And he immediately understood that the awkwardness and the nervousness stemmed from the betrayal of their trust from their previous captain. And I thought that was a great acknowledgement of that. And, and you know, per your point about Tilly and having some more um, confidence after the first season i think at that moment tilly should have straightened up and become more confident that her awkwardness could have been understandable based on you know oh my god here's another captain do we trust him and then right. having him acknowledge yeah i get it would have helped reassure her right. so anyway the right. crew is the captain pike orders the crew to go investigate one of the locations of this red burst which is an asteroid field. They emerge into an asteroid field that they have to do a lot of fancy flying to avoid the rocks and discover that there is a ship crash landed. It's a medical frigate, I think it was, that's crash landed on a very large asteroid, sort of the source of this red burst as they can figure out. So then the story becomes a rescue mission to <coughs> rescue the people on this medical frigate. Which I thought was kind of a weird turn. We didn't really go into the whole red burst thing anymore. Now we're on a rescue mission. Right. Which was right. They don't even get back to it until later, and still there's really no answer as to what. So what we have here now is yeah, a, a, a story arc that promises to pretty much pr take up what most of the season on these rest red bursts. Probably. Yes, I'm sure. Which is, I don't know, a little disappointing. I, 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 I find myself yeah. missing the ship in the bottle Although stories. I, I do, I, I'm sorry. Although I do love this, the character that they found. Oh, she was awesome, wasn't she? I, yes, I hope that she becomes part of the crew because she, she was kind of a cross between um, McCoy and I don't know, but she was, she was awesome. And I hope, I hope she, they keep her. You know what? That you just raised a really important point. They do need a new doctor. And right. even though but and she was an engineer. That, I was hoping I was hoping um, Culver would come back. Right? Yeah, and but and he's I'm in still and, holding out hope. Well and I think that hope is well founded founded because he's listed the actor is listed in the main um, titles. So he has to be coming back, otherwise yeah, why would thing. he be there? But she would make a good doctor. Right. She's a new doctor, and she would be our McCoy, yeah. pretty much. I, I loved her. I loved her, too. And she was very familiar to me, and I didn't put, couldn't quite pinpoint the actress. Too, and I looked her up, and I didn't see anything that I recognized. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I didn't look her up. I didn't have the opportunity to do that. But she did look seem very familiar to me. Yes. 
Maybe from NCIS. <laughs> she did, doesn't she seem like an NCIS character? I don't know where where I'm where I can't figure out where I think she's familiar from. But I looked her up and what's I her, don't know that she. What's her name? She didn't have a lot of credits. I can't even remember her name right now. Okay. But she didn't have a lot of acting credits because I think she's a writer or a comedian or something. Okay. All right. It's her main. I am right now because um, I'm just really interested in knowing. Um, I am now just looking up the cast cast list just to see if it might trigger um, a reminder because she really was very familiar. Yeah. So what do we think of the actor playing Pike? I thought he fit in he did really well as pike he i i didn't have any problem with him he looked the part i thought i think he sounded like him too yeah and we've only seen him in that one episode you know in the original star trek i'm not counting the jj abrams but judging that's the one i'm remembering him from right and i you know yeah, I think he did a great job. I think that was a good choice. I think he did, and I think he did pull from that the J.J. Abrams universe Pike. There was a, that clippedness to his speech that I think he pulled from that you didn't see in the Jeffrey Hunter Pike, but I think it worked. Yeah. Okay, so the actress's name is Tig Notaro, and I'm going, like you, going through all of her um, acting credits. And I am not seeing anything that I could no. peg, you know, peg as, oh, yeah, I've seen her there. There was nothing that, yeah. I, that I've seen her in. Interesting. Well, nonetheless, we, uh, we enjoyed her uh, character very much and hope to see her again because that was cool. Yeah, I hope they keep her. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the story is essentially the rescue mission, and um, and there's really not much to it. There's really not much in the way of of tension to the story. I mean, the 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 asteroid is being pulled into a pulsar, so there's you know in a few hours it's going to be destroyed. But we're not taken up to the edge of disaster with a ticking clock on this one. They they get the the rescued patients off the medical transport they get this character her name was jet off and there's a moment where burnham is accidentally left behind and she sees something related to the red burst but then captain pike grabs her and then there's this weird thing with the rock where she tries to pick up a rock because tilly asked her to so she could study it and the rock won't transport and I didn't fully understand that. Did you understand why the rock wouldn't transport? You know, I listened to the explanation because there was there was an assumption made, and I no, I didn't understand it. But um, but it it was more exciting to Tilly than her having the rock. Yeah, yeah. Something about the rock not transporting so, was a big deal. Yes. So 
but I didn't understand it. And I watched and I listened to it twice. Yeah. And I, I just really <laughs> didn't get it. I didn't get it either. But because this is so important, the very last... It's a good thing, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, it's something to do with dark matter and energy. And anyway, because this is so important, the very last scene of this episode, or one of the last scenes of this episode, is they're beaming a big chunk of the asteroid into the cargo bay. And this asteroid chunk that they beam in is essentially the, as big as the cargo bay right. and you do finally get to see Tilly looking a little bit more confident as she's like the cargo bay will need some TLC but everything's fine because she just beamed a rock right. the size of you know a, <laughs> a small building into, into the ship and that was kind of fun I, I, I was glad to see her being more confident that Stamets that kind of pulled him back into the fold yeah let's talk about Stamets Stamets is is very much and and once again here we are with you know this fantastic entity Starfleet this organization that is you know the cumulative brainchild of wonderfully collaborative minds not providing their key people with therapy after traumatic experiences exactly so he's sort of on his own trying to deal with the loss of the person who is essentially his husband and hey. he, he's you know he's suffering and um, he says he's gonna leave the ship until he's very sad about this so now all of a sudden because Tilly beamed a big rock on board he's excited and wants to be drawn back in so interesting hey. yeah because that had something to do with the mycelium mycelium network Okay, so that was it? I thought it was just because it was another power source and that was sort of his, well, his wheelhouse. Somewhere earlier, before they went down to the asteroid to rescue the ship, that she hadn't seen the network react that way That's since right. the tardigrade. Yep, you're right. That's right. That's why she so, wanted a rock. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so do you think they got a Clint Howard lookalike to play Spock on purpose? <laughs> Does every child in Star Trek have to be Clint Howard? <laughs> oh my god, well, I didn't see that until now, and now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. <laughs> so, yeah, we have some flashbacks with Burnham thinking about her childhood in these Spock and Amanda home, and, and young Spock looks like Clint Howard with ears. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> the very round, round, round face. Yep. <laughs> yep. I thought I, I, you know, see now when you talk about the exposition, I could have done without that. I could have done without that family, oh, yeah. that family history. Go ahead. By the end, you know how many times she said it's her fault, it's her fault, it's her fault. By the end of the episode, I don't care. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. What, what their problem is. Yeah. Anymore. I think it was just over for somebody who's. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? We already had plenty to work with. We already had. She didn't get into the Vulcan Science Academy, and you know she went into Starfleet. He was supposed to go to the Vulcan Science Academy, and instead violated his father's wishes to go into Starfleet. That was that's enough right there for there to be estrangement in the family, especially between right. two species that one of whom is you know geared, governed by emotions the other one 
squelches their emotions. That would have been plenty to build right. we, tension from. We could have imagined. We could have imagined all by ourselves that Spock would be resentful of her because she's human, and his mother, who he loves dearly, is human. Yep. So we could have imagined that there was going to be some, you know, hostility between them when she first si got there. Sibling rivalry. That, that was that was a given. Yeah. I, I agree. We could have skipped those flashback scenes so easily. I mean, just no problem at, at all. We and, and not only did we have the flashbacks, but then we had to have her keep telling people how it was her fault. And nobody asked what her, what she did, and I don't care anymore, <laughs> quite honestly. They're yeah. building all this drama, and I don't even care. Yeah, and it, it's just not needed. They could be much more subtle with the drama and still get the emotional impact they're looking for. You know why? Because... Most of us are fans, and we're already invested. We're already invested in these characters. We love right. Spock. We love Pike. We've grown to love Burnham. We don't need to be pushed into any more investment than we already have. And I think that you know maybe the writers are trying to straddle a line where they're trying to meet the expectations of longtime fans like you and me and still bring in new fans that may not understand the relationships. But you know what? I think in some ways that's a little short-sighted because if you want to bring in the new fans and have them understand the relationships, then you make reference to things that happened in the past and then they can go off and they can watch the original series, which is available on right. Netflix and CBS and Amazon. <laughs> they can get a feel for the relationships. Exactly. Because the bottom line is this, and I'm, I, will, I will end my rant with this. We would not love this show for 50 years if it weren't for the relationships because no amount of cool writing and great special effects is going to keep you engaged without the relationships. Period. So, okay, I'm done with my rat. Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that's essentially... So by the time we... Go ahead. We got to the end and whatever she was watching on the screen, I didn't even care anymore. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I got to the end, and I was still happy with the episode. I was happy. I, I was. Yeah. I liked the episode. I liked the introduction of the new characters. Yeah. I liked that there was a little more of that original series banter. Yes. Between the characters. And everybody wasn't so serious. Like, you know, when they were flying down in the 11 minutes, you know, she could sustain for 11 minutes. And, and when... Uh, Saru's threat ganglia came up and he said, what are you surprised? <laughs> I liked that it was, there was a little more banter. Yeah, a lot, yeah, I like that too. And I felt yeah. like it was Star Trek and it was good to get back into the universe and get back into right. uh, that, that comfortable place. What did you think of the snotty science officer? I was I, I I knew he wasn't long for this world, even though he didn't have a red shirt, and that was and it was funny that the red shirt didn't die, and you know what I didn't even notice that Captain Pike made a reference to a red shirt until the second time I watched it. Oh, I, I missed, missed it. that totally. I missed it. I'm gonna have to go watch it again for that. So yeah, they were getting ready. The the woman has a red shirt, on, right. and he says get something about her red. Get it out of your red shirt and get your uniform on or something. Before they go down for the rescue, right? He said, "Switch that red shirt for a red uniform or something." He said something specifically about a red shirt, right? That um, the woman we don't know who she is. 
<laughs> right. The mystery woman. We'll find out who she is either. And she yes. looks like she's a good character. She's coming across as yes. a sharp, good character, but we don't have much information about her yet. I uh, was. I, I, I will have to say that I was a little disappointed in the writing when they brought this naughty science officer on board because I too knew he was he was not long for the world and they were so purposely making him unlikable that so that when he disappeared we weren't going to miss him and I thought really people can you can't get any more creative than that you know make him miss us make us miss him a little bit because every human life is of value that's a Star Trek philosophy isn't it right but they set it up they set it up so obviously Meant, well, they set it up with Captain Pike mentioning the red shirt. Yeah. So we would think that the girl would die, was going yeah. to be the one to die. And it wasn't. It was this guy. Who they also set it up perfectly so we wouldn't care if he died. Right. Exactly. But I was disappointed that it was so clear that's what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Right. So, And I even, I think, said to my husband when, you know, they were shooting down in their fast little roller coaster balls. I said, oh, he's going to go now because he's arrogant and he's going to suffer the price of hubris. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) Which is just too bad, but anyway. So other than that, yeah, I I mean, it's funny because we know we're talking about all the the things that we were not crazy about in the story, and yet I think we both walked away really liking it. Oh yeah, it was a great, it was still a good story. Yeah. And that's that's the gift of Star Trek. Uh, I'm just hoping that, you know, as time goes on and they don't have to explain everything to us that blatantly, that it'll, you know, just go back to the way it was last season. You yeah. know, we don't need to we don't need to know that Tilly's awkward. We don't need to know that Saru can see. <laughs> yeah. You know. We don't need to know that red shirts are gonna die and we don't need every child to look like Clint Howard. And yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> so I agree. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll ask, we'll respect, respectfully ask the writers to, to trust us as the viewers and the fans. We got this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think about the red, the red, I, I looked up during the show before I decided I didn't care what their problem was. Um, <laughs> Burnham and Spock. You know, she, at the beginning, she talked about the girl who made the Milky Way. There was something about a red angel when I looked it up, but I didn't get into it. Okay. There was some mention of a red angel. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really get into it. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. Her. But uh, when Pike came to rescue her, he kind of looked like a red angel. Yeah, well, she, like, saw something, and then he came through the red angel that's the kind of the way i i thought that it, the yeah. way it looked that you know she was saying something it was something that looked like a red angel yeah, yeah. i didn't know if that had to do with the story or if that was just me yeah i don't i i think that's part you know, of the, I, the big long arc that we're going to be figuring out is you know yeah. what are these red angels and these red bursts so I am looking right now, and I don't know what the next episode is called. Did you happen to pick that up? No, I don't think they told us, because they gave us, the previews they gave us were for the entire season. Yes, that's, yes, that was the, the and oh, we see Ash Tyler coming back. How do you feel about that? I'm glad. I, I thought he would. 
I'm glad um, too. I'm glad. And, and did you notice Laurel looks less and less like the Klingon? I heard that they that actually eased up on that Klingon look because of complaints from people like you and me. <laughs> right. Quite a lot. You look. You can tell. You can see her actual face. Yeah. Good. The actress. That's good. Yeah. That, that'll be good. I um, was. I was excited to see him. You know, I am. Yeah. I'm a fan who, truly, I prefer a really good space battle with clever strategy. But I find as I'm, you know, mm -hmm. getting older, I don't mind a little smooching here and there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure. I was sure he would be back. And they mentioned um, what did they, Laurel, in this episode? Yeah, I think she's like the she's the Klingon High Chancellor now, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is you know cool. Yeah. yeah you go, girl. Okay, so next time we'll watch the next episode that we don't have the name of yet. Um, but that should be uh, really interesting to talk about and see where they go, and hopefully the exposition will ease down. And I strongly encourage you to see if you can find those short treks because they're interesting. They're and they're well done, um, and they're just little. Yeah, yeah. I heard him mentioned, and I can't remember where because I like like you. I try not to read anything. I didn't want to see anything about this season. Yeah, and I don't remember where I heard those mentioned. Um, but, and I thought CBS All Access would be the place to find them, and I couldn't find them, so I'll have to look again. Yeah, I can see, I can definitely find them. So maybe they're there now, and they weren't there before. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of fun. They were, they were fun. And I'll be interested in seeing which one's your favorite. Yeah, I'll have to check them out. Definitely. Okay, well, we invite our listeners to join us next time when we watch the second episode in the second series of Star Trek Discovery and thank you very much. Thank you. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moms going boldly and on Twitter at moms going boldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music on Twitter, at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. Transfer complete.